This is Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast wherein a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can read, smut edition. For this episode of Bibliovile, Nick read Jungle Freakin' Bride by Eve Langley, and I read Home for the Holidays by P. Jameson. Welcome to Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast. My name is Mick Dickinson. And I'm Susan Dickinson. And we are here back again to tell you about another round of terrible, terrible books. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, put those kids away. Don't play this on your uh, way to preschool, on your way to anything, because this one's going to get a little raunchy. 18 and over only. Red Light District, because Susan finally caved and went to the smut section of Amazon. So we were getting ready for the episode of this podcast that we're going to be um, releasing in a couple weeks that we're going to be doing with our friend C. Barden. No, I mean, Charles, Charles B. B. Yeah. And we decided that to make it easier, since we don't live in the same city, we were going to just get the, like, f- buy physical copies of the books and send them to each like other. Because they're usually $1.50 if they're pretty bad. And we found some other doozies while we were in pursuit of the books for the Charles episode. Always a good sign. Kindle exclusives. Yeah. Also, we had had a few. And so we decided that we should just go ahead and buy books for another episode, too. And so uh, 24 hours later, we actually sat down to read said books and we're like, whoa, baby, there's some gross stuff that is released on Kindle. Yeah, uh, pretty much exclusively on Kindle is where this gross stuff is released. Um, But before we get to that, I'd like to uh, talk some stuff. I recently bought a new uh, gaming computer, so you may have recognized as I've uh, been not wanting to spend a lot of money recently. Mm -hmm. And you went to bed last night at around 9.15 to do Red Wine Mondays. Yeah, turns out red wine makes you real, real sleepy. And then what was your prediction about, um, since you're going to bed early, what would I do? You would stay up until 2 in the morning? I did not make it till 2 in the morning. I only made it till around 11.45 mm. playing Civilization Six. I know that we have uh, had a good time on Civilization Five lately, but I, I, upped, I upgraded to 6. Ooh, you're just outpacing me. <laughs> you're too cool for the things that I like. Well, I've been playing it since two. Thank you very much. Mm. It's good. I don't know if it's. I've only. I haven't even completed a full game with it yet, so it's kind of new. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. It's hard to go from a game that I like know like the back of my hand. Although I felt like that about Civ Four to Civ Five. So, mm. going from a game that I know the like the back of my hand, and now I'm really confused, and I don't know if I'm doing well or anything like that. So. You had a really funny line. I know, and I can't remember what it was earlier. Oh, okay. Can you set that one up? No. I really want to keep this in. You said that at dinner tonight, and my response was, that's how I feel about about 98% of my life, (laughs) including making jokes on this podcast. The sheer look of terror that I saw in your eyes as you realized you didn't remember what you said. The whole time you were setting that up, I was like, oh shit, there was something funny that I was supposed to say because I said it before and then I forgot. Yeah, so sorry, listener, we've just spoiled that sometimes we use conversations we've already had uh, to set up a podcast. Also, sometimes Susan's a disaster, but it's fine. Yeah. 
<laughs> I've also been playing PUBG, which I'm getting worse at. So, so welcome to Bibliovile, the game where Mick reviews various computer games, and Susan says, "Oh, that sounds neat." <laughs> yeah, Stellaris is another game that I've anyway. Um, so getting into it, too, I believe you wanted to go first. You had the Home for the Holidays, which I would like to point out uh, I found on online while uh-huh. uh, shopping around. So there might be a, a theme that sharp-eyed listeners might notice uh, for Susan's next couple books. But my very excited thing is that this is a NASCAR novel. So <clears throat> it is a NASCAR branded, by the way. The 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 image... this one is not branded. The, really? the one that you bought me for two weeks from now is is branded. Spoiler this is alert. like um like rate like uh just racing. Yeah, just racing. But it gets even better. So it's got a lot to do with race. So this is a NASCAR esque um, Christmas Christmas book. <laughs> He done did it, folks. And all of the characters are shifters. What? (laughs) (laughs) We've reached a peak of Bibliovile. Oh my god, this is the end of Bibliovile. Sorry, Charles, uh, we will not be recording your episode because this is the the natural finale of Bibliovile. It's a NASCAR Christmas shifter sex book. <laughs> it's everything. Oh, if only this was a collection oh, of NASCAR shifter sex Christmas books. It was I I so as Mick previously mentioned, we had had a little bit to drink. Um I think we were drinking bourbon when we bought these. Yeah. And so Mick remembered that they were NASCAR that it was a NASCAR Christmas book, but apparently either did not catch or did not remember the details about shifters. Now that you've told me about that i seem to remember something about shifters i remember being way more excited than just nascar christmas because i hope op- i like opened my kindle and i'm very and I, excited on nascar christmas and i open up the book and the first thing i read is the like essentially like what would have been on the back cover had it been a physical book oh yeah mine did that too and there it is they're shifters the 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 dirt track dogs so the- is their pack dogs um <laughs> it's like i i can't even explain to you how purely bibliophile oh, this God. book is it's amazing <laughs> so our uh, a couple of our wait, main... wait wait very very extraordinarily most important question of my life uh-huh. is dogs spelled d-a-w-g no it's God. spelled d-o-g-s um, but some of the names are real great. Um, the shifters are described as all having regal-sounding names, like Mandrake and Surge and Blister. <laughs> ah, yes. Who could forget Good King Blister? <laughs> and his loyal liege... Wait, that's two different things. His loyal fealty mate, Surge. Surge. <laughs> uh, if they're all shifters, I guess they must not be driving automatics, then. It's <laughs> a good joke. Thank you. <laughs> I just can't get over the fact that 
they're shifters. Dirt pack dogs. So we're the dirt pack dogs. Goodness, it's so bad. And the writing is so over the top. Like they, the author crams in more metaphors than you could ever imagine. I wrote some of them down to he read cram, to you. Cram, he crams in more metaphors than a, a sardines. Mm-hmm. Exactly, sardines in a can. Um, so our main characters are Blister, one of the dirt pack dogs, and his mate Annie, who is a, a human. A dirt pack dogette. She is described as an actual angel with a pretty face and perfect breasts, which oh, is nice. like the classic bibliophile description. Perfect breasts. Yeah. Good. Um, Glad I don't have to worry. Additional descriptions about of Annie's Annie. breasts. But Annie, she was his heir, his next heartbeat. The ache in his chest because it was so full of love for her. She was his world. Like, that's that's a perfect description of what this writing is Meanwhile, like. vroom vroom. It's just, like, meaningless garbage metaphors. Um, he I, Then she describes don't, don't him. Don't talk about my journal like that. She describes him as the light in her morning, the smile in her busy day, the pleasure in her night. Ooh. Her brave, battle-scarred warrior and the winner of this race they were driving together. Oh. He was hers. Yes. So I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you have brought up uh, on-point metaphor or euphemism. Mm-hmm. There's uh, some of that in yours, too? Uh, one particular example. And I'm very excited to get to it. I'm excited to hear it. Another example the day-to-day stresses might seem like giants sometimes, but under the filter of family and love, they were nothing more than ants to be crushed underfoot. Hot dang. Wow. <laughs> so the, We will rule this dirt track with an iron fist. We are the dirt pack dogs. So the, I'm King Blister. The main plot, I suppose, of this <laughs> little little book. It's like it was like 90 pages. It was a super short story. Um, and the main plot is that. So Blister is one of the dirt pack dogs. His wife Annie is a human and she's like eight months pregnant with their baby. Mm. And he's very like nervous about it. Puss. And then in the midst of this, it's Christmas time and Annie's brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a Christmas book. I forgot about that. And um, so like and really the only reason that I think it's Christmas in the book. Is that they want to describe the baby as the best Christmas present ever. And also add another tag on their Kindle searches. Probably. That's probably also true. Um, But Annie has a brother named Aaron who has been, like, he just sort of took off, like, nine years ago. And he writes her letters every once in a while, but never with a return address. So Mm -hmm. she can't ever write back to him. And he pretty unexpectedly decides that he's coming home this Christmas. And so he lets... Annie now writes her a letter, says, I'm coming home, doesn't specify, like, when or anything like that. And he shows up in the middle of the night, and he has no idea that Annie is married. And um, Blister, Annie has pregnancy brain and forgets to tell Blister that Aaron is coming. He shows up in the middle of the night. Aaron thinks that, or Blister thinks that he's an intruder and basically almost rips his throat out. And so then it comes up that Aaron hates shifters and has spent the last nine years hunting them what? because they killed the woman that he loved. <laughs> and so he spends the book getting to know no, the no, dirt no, no. pack dogs. You had the dirt pack hogs. They're the one who killed your the, their boars. And he was sent to kill the dirt pack dogs, but he decides not to because he decides they're all pretty cool. Nice. Um, but it's just like this whole book, the writing is just bonkers. Um, here is... 
uh, part. So after their like big fight in the middle of the night, one of the first times that Aaron and Blister get the chance to spend some time together, this is Blister's point of view. His heart was racing. For the first time, Aaron lost his hostile expression. All shields down and Blister got a look at what was toiling inside. It was a war-torn city that had been laid to waste. The buildings and structures that made Annie's brother who he was were crumbling, half-standing, bricks and foundations fractured. The streets were desolate, empty wow. cars strewn about haphazardly, Still going, huh? and chaos abounded. We're only halfway through. Oh, God. Though it was figurative, it was a oh, clear yeah. picture for Blissner. And the reader. He knew a mind like that one. He could imagine Aaron walk, wandering the streets, staring at the desolation, and wondering how it had all gotten this far, and wondering if there'd ever be a way to rebuild. Blister knew because this was him before he met Annie. Like, it's just so over the top. That is very over the top, but I gotta give it credit. That was like, what, a paragraph and a half of pure metaphor? Yeah. And it didn't It didn't get confused. It didn't get met. No, it, it stuck, stuck with it. its yeah. own metaphor, which was pretty good, and it, like... It was a ruined city cataloged by the loss of a lover. Yeah. Like cities don't get cataloged by the loss of a lover. There are some that are a little bit like overexplained. Aaron met Blister's gaze and it was like a clash of truth and disbelief. The two things warring right there in one expression. <laughs> like I don't even know why any Wait, of this is how necessary. Can, how can one person have truth? That would be coming from person A, right? Truth would be coming from person A, and disbelief would come from person B. No, they're both coming from Aaron's own brain, apparently. Truth is not just a synonym for belief. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Um, there were also some, like, kind of fun, funny pieces. Like, um, there was one part where, I mean, it's a, just a lot of following these people's train of thought. They don't actually say these things out loud. They're always turning left. But a Annie is talking about um, how, like, one of the things that she really likes about her relationship with Blister is that they've both had, like, bad things that have happened and they've worked through them. And she refers to it as the junk that's happened in all of their lives. It's a junkyard dog. Except then she said she loved that he trusted her with his junk. They'd found a few, they'd found a lot of treasures that way. <laughs> Do you think that was intentional? I absolutely think that was intentional. Good for you, this um, person. There was a real, real gross sex scene that just like kind of happened, I think, because they didn't want to have a book without a sex scene in it. Mm. They were like at the community center for this Christmas party, was, and they were snuck the, upstairs and boned. They're at a community center? Mm -hmm. Were the Midnight Sins people there? <laughs> no, I, I kind of wondered for a little bit. Um, Blister, apparently the way that shifting works is that Blister has like it's kind of like a split personality. Like it's referred to as his wolf that like ah. comes out sometimes. Um, and some of the, like the way that he phrases things is heavily influenced by said wolf. And so he refers to his family as mate and young. Um, Was he no, Australian? no articles, just mate and young. And so he thinks things like mate has a sexy mouth. And I can't tell Whoa. if it's supposed to be written as though this dude is illiterate or, like, <laughs> it's, like, the wolf coming out that doesn't speak English? Or if the writing is just bad. <laughs> um, the one thing that I did find funny is the alpha male in the pack, his wife is referred to as the first mate. And I thought that was kind of funny. Like, <laughs> it, like it's a giant ship. Um, also, another funny thing, when they actually have the baby, Blister has no idea what to do during delivery. And the midwife says that he should like cheer her on like root for her encourage her and so he starts cheering her on and saying things that you would say like at a race 
like like when people cheer yeah. for drivers yeah. that race. Well, and so it's just kind of funny like this guy has no other framework for like what to say in that moment and so he was like Woo! yeah you got this one it's in the bag and like saying stuff to like the that. outside and so it, like that was kind of funny i guess push on would be a pretty good one i suppose yeah left um left but left. so the, i mean the main conflict in this book is between all of the shifters, all the dirt pack dogs, dogs, and Aaron, Annie's brother. And we find out super briefly that shifters killed his 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 love, his first love, and that he's been hunting shifters ever since. And we don't get any additional information about that. And then Aaron just sort of disappears for like the last 25% of the book. And they, like, have the baby and all this other stuff happens. Does he come back? And then she gets a letter. Annie gets a letter. Dear Annie, by the time you read this, I will be gone. Hmm. Doesn't every sad letter start that way? But this one isn't going to be sad. Not really. Not when it's all said and done. I came home for one reason and one reason only. To kill your pack. (laughs) I'm a shifter hunter, Annie. A vigilante. I won't go into all the reasons why or how I became one. Because right now, none of that that matters. What matters is I've had a change of heart. In the words of a tiny bobcat shifter, you and your ragtag pack have unscrooged me. Before coming back to Cedar Valley... Sorry, sorry. Uh, was there a tiny bobcat shifter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was. That's not just a figure no. of speech in the dog pack. <laughs> no. The dog pack dirt. Um, I only knew one kind of changer. The evil kind. Monsters, like I said about your mate. But he's no monster and neither are the dirt track dogs. They're kind and they've made you happy and that's more than a brother could ever ask for. They really rev your engine. I thought I was coming home to protect you from the enemy when really you protected me from myself. And now I'm leaving. But it's only for a while this time. I promise. I've got some shit to take care of. Some loose ends to tie up. And then I'm coming home for good. So this isn't goodbye. I still haven't met my niece after all. It's Merry Christmas. And, to, like, it's Merry Christmas? What's that mean? <laughs> and tell Blister not to eat me if I show up in the middle of the night again. I love you, sis. So that's how the story ends. Like, that's the, the letter. The note is the last part. Mm-hmm. Well, you and know what they say, Sue. It's Merry Christmas. It's Merry Christmas. Um, so the thing about it, though, in the letter, he's like, I came home to kill your pack. I'm going to kill your dad. But throughout the whole book, he didn't know that these people existed. Like, he did not know that there were shifters in his town. He did not know that his sister was married to one. But then he, in the letter, is like, I came home to protect you and restore your honor, which is not what I'm happened really dad. at all. And also, like, none of this was resolved. And this book was written in 2012, and there has not been another book since. So this is the last book in this series, and nothing got resolved. It takes place in 2017, doesn't it? Didn't I see a dateline that it was in 2017? I thought. Oh, no, it was years that we looked up, and it was 2012. No, uh, this one um, was 2015. So I, I suppose oh. there's still time for another one to be written, but, like, nothing else has happened yet. Um, but I do have to give people credit. There are still a lot of people on Goodreads that loved this shit. I'm going to read some Goodreads as well. Yeah, there are people that were super excited about it. So that was, I mean, really, that was it. That was Home for the Holidays by P. Jameson, a Christmas sex book NASCAR shifter book. (laughs) I win. You you have found the bibliovile singularity. Yes. 
Um, so that means that we're moving from one shifter book into, uh, Susan, I believe this is more known to you. You also got me a shifter book. I did. And a much more explicit smut sex book. So if you still have those kids in the room, get them sent out now. I'm going to warn you, uh, I'm, I am looking to punish Sue for what she gave me. And that oh, no. means that you're not going to want to uh, Your mom have some ears to this. No, she doesn't. We all know. She might. Uh, Jungle Freakin' Bride by that person that Sue said, because I didn't write down her name. Uh, Eve Langley. Eve Langley. Uh, you might recognize Jungle Freakin' Bride as not even a sensical pattern of words. Freakin' Jungle Bride would be how it would go. Freakin', by the way, F-R-E-A-K-N apostrophe. Which is also not how apostrophes or words work or anything. Plus, I hate the word freakin' because you talk about cocks a lot. Why would you say freaking? By the way, in around a, I would, this Goodreads lists it as 293 pages, and that cannot possibly be right. Maybe it's 293, like, Kindle pages, you know? And so that would probably even add to, like, 150 total, like, book pages. Uh, so in 150 total book pages, the word freaking is used 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 times. That's amazing. The word freaking spelled exactly the same way. Uh, So this book is a series of shifter romance, paranormal romance books, apparently, by Eve Langley. Uh, Each one follows a different set of characters and whatnot. Uh, This one follows uh, a set of jaguar shifters from the uh, uh, like Yucatan Peninsula jungles down there in Mexico. They are apparently mm-hmm. descended from Mayans. And this book uh, uh, goes into some Mayan histories, I suppose, and is also extraordinarily uh, smutty, and you knew it was going to be uh, when you bought it for me, because here's the synopsis. Warning, hot, steamy threesomes, chauvinism, and more are running wild in the jungle. Can you handle the heat? Abducted by a pair of hunky, a pair of hunky tribal warriors, Carly doesn't think things can get any stranger until the first time she purrs. Jeez. Uh, so this is a book about two men. Uh, one is named Chaub. Is how I'm gonna Chaub. C H A O B. Uh, the beta of the pair, because in this moon jaguar society, every single person or every single male, because they only have male kids except for one, except for one girl that was born recently. Oh. They only have male children, and every single person pair. There's like a, a inordinate amount of world building in this book, which is weird. Uh, every single child born to this tribe is paired up with another person. One automatically kind of takes the role of alpha and one takes the role of beta and they kind of like trade off, uh, or they don't trade off. One is usually more forward and has more authority while the other is the voice of reason and kind of speaks up. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so there's Cheob, who's the, uh, the beta in this pair of jaguar shifters. Shifters okay. in the jungle that turn into big jaguars. Yeah. The alpha is named a cat. No. Yes. No. A cat. No, it's not. A C A T. A cat. A man <laughs> who is from the jungle that shifts into a jaguar is named A cat. A cat. <laughs> it's like we asked one of our nieces or nephews to name a person who would turn into a cat. We're like, uh, would it be fun if we had a person turn into a cat? What would somebody be like that called? A cat. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you bake a cat. No. <laughs> so a cat and Chobe uh, are going out to find their bride. Uh, they share one? Yeah, they're going to share a bride. Get used to it. Because there, uh, there's one scene, sex scene in here, of which there are multiple. Uh-huh. There's one that does not take place, uh, two men and one woman. Oh, dear. Yeah, well, not to king shame some people are into that sort of thing, and uh, more power to you if you are. However, I very much am not. Yeah. The Devil's Threesome, is, I believe it was Scrubs called it. Uh, the oomph, uh, as other people have called it. This book... Although quite gross, and we'll get to it, does not, is probably better paced, better plotted out, more world building than other, like, other books I've read. This is basically a written word pornography novel that has better, uh, pacing and ups and downs, and there's, like, a denouement and all sorts of things that you usually don't get. Remember that Rockstar book that we read? Um, yeah. Where they have sex the one time and the book literally ends? ends? Yeah. Oh. This time, like, they do it a lot and then the book doesn't end. Um, But that doesn't mean it's good. This is, uh, we meet our female heroine, whose name? Carly, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Carly. We meet our female heroine, Carly, uh, when the two of them, the the two men, a cat and Job, uh, a smell cat. her. I can't get over that his name is a cat. Yeah, he's feline fine. Uh, smell her in the jungle. She is an American and they think it's very funny. They also see her even though she's in a tent. I don't know. They, this really doesn't have a lot of respect for time, place, mm-hmm. settings, or physics. physics. Yeah, we'll see about that. Um, but they see her and they're like, oh, how funny. It's an American. It's an outsider to our tribe because they're descended from the Maya. Uh, so we meet her as she is woken up rudely by a jaguar in her tent. She refuses to believe for a long time that it is a, like a shifter. She thinks it's a man in a cat suit, like after she sees the men. But this is how we're introduced to her and this is the type of writing we can expect. Panic took complete control of her body. Despite knowing it was the middle of the night and pitch black, Carly's eyes flashed open to see the intruder. In retrospect, she perhaps should have feigned slumber, given she now stared into a pair of glowing eyes. One golden, the other a clear blue. Had she forgotten to note they they glared, probably with murderous intent, a few paltry inches from her face? You're not telling me a story right now. Like, you're a character, not the... What is it with Bibliophile books and weird eyes? We've mentioned this before, (laughs) but, like, they're different colors or they're weird colors. Yeah. Should she freak, there's a plan, scream my face off, get eaten, and become a tiny blurb in the paper. On to option two, hyphen, call for help. Sure, because high-piercing shrieks won't piss it off and set it into a murderous frenzy. Those are in italics. Skipping that route seemed prudent. What did that leave? Peeing her pants? <sighs> so, it like, that kind of... I'm so witty and smarmy yeah, kind of writing appears a lot. terrible. Bad writing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some fun, good quotes uh, in this book every so often, and sometimes I wrote them down since we're reading these from Kindles. I don't really get a chance to uh, just turn to the page. So I had to write them down. Uh, so uh, I'm going to have to just kind of like take them out of context. Okay. 
Why couldn't she ever imagine something nice like that Ed McMahon guy and a giant check? Okay. Or that cute Ashton fellow and one of his famous pranks. Ashton Kutcher and Punked? Yeah, this is written in 2012. That's why we had to look it up. When do you think Punked came out? Like or, That was early 2000s. That was Like 05? Yeah. 03? Uh, punked. It went for nine seasons, first of all. Terrible. Gross. It went from, MT, or it went from 2003 to 2012. So this was at best written in its last season. That Ashton fellow and his famous pranks. That's what she'd like to think about instead of all these men. Oh so my God. the two men, a cat and Chobe, uh, kidnap her. They have a thing that they blow in her face to make her go to sleep. She wakes up on the one of their hunky shoulders, staring at their bathong tanned asses. Oh my God. And just loves it, but is also being kidnapped. And there's... Yeah, a lot of people really love being kidnapped. Yeah, and she's... Uh, she... Is like, oh no, now I'm going to have a, I'm going to be eaten. These are cannibals or they're going to take me for ransom or some sort of thing. And she keeps calling them indigenes. And I can't, I don't know, but just kind of like naturally in my gut, indigenes. That's not good. Yeah, indigenes feels like a super problematic term. That's not, that's not good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that's bad. So they speak Maya, not, they are not speaking English to her, even though from their perspective, we know they can. Uh, they're not answering her or anything like that. So she manages to stick her tongue out a lot. And that's something that I want to bring up. Because in no real life does a person stick their tongue out at nope. somebody. Only happens in books. It only happens in books. Um, so they are, it's like a couple days journey back into uh, her or their village or whatever. And so while they're going, they have to sleep in the tops of trees, and she man she tries to escape occasionally, but they're way faster and stronger than her, and so they kind of manhandle her and get this. She, she likes, likes it. it. Crazy. Gross. Um, Quick question. Yeah. Why was she there in the first place? She's like an American scientist or something. Mm. It's never really fully explained. Um, and so they pick her out by smell. They smell that they want her. Oh. Um, and so she has to sleep on the tree branch with them, and it's usually, like, with one with their back on the trunk holding her, and then the other one sleeps watch or whatever, or t- has watch or whatever. And almost always they've got huge boners poking into her back. Always, And yeah. she loves it. And so this quote pops up, and I can't remember when or why, but two men? Oh, the decadence of it. <laughs> Oh, the decadence. Oh, I just had some dark chocolate, and now I'm going to have a male-male-female threesome. The decadence of it. The decadence of both those wieners. Uh, yeah. So they take her back to her village. There's some sort of ritual where they have to battle for the right to keep her, but it's also the gods that decided they were that she was theirs, and I don't remember why. So they put her up in this room, and now that they've claimed her and won her from all the other men, whatever, uh... They go to, they put her in the bath, and it looks like they're going to do it, and then they poison her. They poison her, and she goes through the worst pain of her life, uh, and pukes up all of this stuff, and they, like, force it down her throat, and uh, she wakes up and turns into a cat, just like them, and so now she's a shifter. So they've made her into a shifter. Yeah, so shifters are not only uh, hereditary, that kids are shifters, but also can be poisoned into shifting. Of all the other women in the village, which you see, which is not a lot. This is a pretty 
one, two, three focused book. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never see any of the other women talking about or going into shifting. So I don't know what that's about. But then, so she shifts into a panther or a jaguar. She wakes up into in an abandoned Mayan pyramid or ruins. There's a bath there, and that's where we get our first sex scene. I unfortunately did not write it or write down the number of it or anything, so I can't. Uh, oh darn! Up. I'm yeah. so sad that you so can't read that word for word. They do it, and then she decides she's gonna escape. Because although to be fair, that she like is wicked into these guys and wants to bone them constantly and is very lustful, she never really loses a, a core of wanting to escape, mm-hmm. even though she like screws all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because they both men have sex with her all the time, and uh, they're both into it and don't think it's weird at all. Which it's like, okay, if they don't think it's weird, then it's not weird. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, for me, we get the the image of one guy doing her, and then the other guy's watching and finds it like attractive. Like, oh, look at these two attractive people doing it. And it's kind of like, like pornography, but you know the people, and therefore it's better instead of weird. And so it's described as uh, him fisting himself. Oh. Which is not how you write about jerking off. No. That's sticking a hand up that's, your butt. That's a different thing. That's a different thing. Either that or he's punching himself. He's like, yeah. Oh, it's so hot. I don't know. Um, but then so she, they do it. She escapes from this pyramid thing. And now she's faster because she's been turned into a jaguar. Or like, not forever. She just has heightened senses because mm-hmm. shifters always are heightened and better and all that sort of stuff. So she's running through this pyramid that she doesn't know. They're chasing after her and yelling after her. But she's not listening. And she's running through spider webs and all these sorts of different gross things. And it turns out that the Mayan civilization civilization did not collapse due to civil wars and infighting and the influence of the Aztecs as, uh, uh, you know, scientists and historians would have you believe. Uh-huh. But instead, uh, Mayan magicians had dipped too far into dark magic and unleashed awful things. That makes sense. Yeah. And so I she, bet it's that one. And so she runs into a, a room of webs and the webs are so strong that she gets caught. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, a spider... Uh, is, is his dis- name a spider? <laughs> yeah. Espider. Well, actually, hold on. Oh, uh, no. The spider, which is apparently the size of, quote, a large dog on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Just pick a real thing that's large and, and use that as yeah, your metaphor. A large dog would be fine, I guess. A spider, the size of a large dog on steroids, like, lowers itself... And is about to eat her, I guess. Okay. Well, then they come in and they squish the bug and they get her free of the webs and they're mm-hmm. running out. And it turns out that that was not the big threat. The big threat was the the evil that was unleashed. Uh, wait, now the mother of all arachnids, the spider, in italics, of course, uh. the spider, italic capitalized, the spider, the mother of all arachnids, oh, no. is as big as a house and it's trapped in this pyramid. And so they're running away and all these little baby spiders are coming after them and trying to get them. And then they manage to run out of there because they're shifters and faster. The spider. And then there happens to be a, a line of magic that they can't cross. And so they get away. The Cop out. Fall. And so it's like, what was that for? Why did we do that? There's a lot of plot points that don't really make sense as to why. Just so she, just so the author could include her stellar ability to name things. Yeah, stellar ability, name things, and don't forget our, about our female protagonist's ability to almost die. Because mm-hmm. there's another part where she tries to run away by running through the jungle. And almost dies. And almost dies, gets choked out by a boa constrictor. Good. And then... Was it named uh, the boa? We don't get it. We don't get a name. A constrictor? Aboa. Uh, so 
she oh god we go back to devil's three sons again because they've marked her she's marked them because when they were doing her she bit them mm. on the thigh because she's both you of know, them yeah because one's doing her from behind and it, like and then the other one is like in front in her mouth and stuff you're gonna have to deal with this because i hate it uh and so when she uh climaxes she takes her mouth thank god off of his wiener and bites the thigh of each guy in turn because they switch uh-huh. places oh yeah and so they bit her to give her like the shifter juice i guess or whatever okay. i don't remember and so now they've marked each other uh we get some more devil's threesomes back in the bath in the pyramid which like right away which seems supremely weird to me because if you saw gigantic spiders like chasing you you would no. not be ready to throw down right no away. she's like oh i tried to escape but you saved me thank god and then they do it, and then she wants to escape again. Yeah. So it's like we have this very much release aspect to sex, which is kind of a little bit interesting. But we get two very gross things right on top of each other, and I'm going to tell you the less gross one first. Oh, good. Remember how they're all cats? And remember how I said that there is a uh, a certain like metaphor that carries through, a euphemism? Yeah. Uh, one man is going down on her. And he is described as lapping at her cream. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate that very much. Oh, I hate that very much. The second and more gross thing. That's not the grossest thing? No, the second and more gross thing is that she calls both of them her hubbies. Oh, that is worse. (laughs) I also hate that. Uh, In around 30% of the book, which did not take me long to read, we get about four sex scenes. Uh, one, uh, a cat has a to, cat. has to go and take care of some business. They're bringing her, the main plot of this is not only the sex, but also her sister is going to come to the village to find her. And she's really afraid that they're going to capture her and keep her there instead of like letting her go back to her parents. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, it all works out. But so a cat has to, has to go, uh, take care of that thing, bring her back to the village. She's left with Chobe, uh, that's when she no they do it because they want to do it and then all of a sudden this is not like some sort of james bond girl like come on seduce and then i'll disable you in some way yeah she actually like wants to do it with this guy he and then uh they finish doing it and she like bends down to pick up her skimpy leather thong and bikini because that's what they have her wear Mm -hmm. and instead she picks up a rock and just brains the shit out of him (laughs) Did she kill him? No, unfortunately. Oh my god! Made for a much better book, she knocks him unconscious and then she runs away. Uh huh. Which being knocked unconscious is not good for you. No. And so she runs away, and that's when she runs into the snake. And thank God he has woken up and is there to save her. And he is like mad for four or five paragraphs. She knocked him out by throwing a rock. No, at not his head. throwing a rock. Like, like beating with yeah, him with a rock. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so then she gets, they continue. Some more quotes. Uh, So this freaking thing is usually used as holy freaking hotness. Yeah. Holy freaking exotic or whatever. Blah. Yeah, I hate that too. Uh, Holy hot and damned sexy is how one man is described. Good. Uh, She is described as, because of all this doing it, hoping that the IUD floating in her uterus that's still. 100% not how those work. And IUD, like... 100%. When I said that, did you hear, like, satellite beeping noises? <laughs> boop, 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 boop. 
<laughs> you're just floating just around there. You know, the giant sack of jelly that is a uterus. Yeah. That fluid sack of yeah. uterus. Yeah. Stuff just floats in it. Yeah. Um. So the sister gets to the, the thing. I just can't explain to you all enough how much that's not how that works. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So now we're getting to like the climax of the book. Where I the, thought we had multiple climaxes already. Uh they the sister is getting to the village and she's trying to work with her hubbies to get her away and not have to stay in this thing and i acknowledge that there is a number of way that relationships can work and still function well and be constructive however i find it necessary to point out that there comes a certain like no that's just not good where the core of her and a cat's relationship is based on them being mad at each other and mm. threatening to withhold or punish each other. Nope, not good. Uh, and then the punishment is like doing it, I guess. And so they're like always yelling at each other and like prodding and poking each other's buttons so that they'll get mm-hmm. angry. And that doesn't. And there's like she is really into possessiveness and not just like protection, but like I'm. I'm not going to let you walk over there. I'm going to pick you up and carry you somewhere else over my shoulder. Oh, Her cleft I, I, swells often from this. I hate all of that. Yeah. This is bad. I'm so uncomfortable. So just wait. Uh, so her sister gets there and she somehow gets into the, the holding hut or whatever while the warriors are down there fighting. She was brought by two wolves. Because the wolf tribe apparently works the okay. same way. And she had sex with both of them already. Um, and so the sister did. Uh, and so she's waiting for the two wolves to fight off the cat chal- or the jaguar challengers. Uh, and so Carly does not want her to go undergo this change and stay in the jungle. So she's going to warn her, which is against the tribe's traditions. Mm-hmm. And so she goes, they found a way to change humans. Like they found a way to change humans. And her sister goes, stop talking in riddles. How can you be more straightforward than that? Yeah. Um. So here we go. I'm gonna ask that you look me in the eyes. Oh no. As as long as you can. Oh no. Okay, because you inflicted this on me, listener. This is gonna be very bad. I asked. I am just ask for your forgiveness. <sighs> So she, there, this is her punishment, and she is tied up, like, hands bound, but her body's free, and they're going to punish her by teasing her too much. Oh, I hate it already. Well, just wait. I'm sorry, listener, but Susan earned this. No. This is her punishment. No, no. Okay, you got to look me, look at me as long as you can. I can't look at you because I have to read. Okay. Beg for it. Bad start. Cherub smiled as he flicked a pert nipple. Scream for us. Voice hu- <laughs> voice husky, her body swayed with her next reply. I'm going to start yawning if you don't stop talking and start doing. Uh... Always needing to have the last word, yet in this instance, she was right. They'd spoken enough. Time to show her. Oh. No? Head and hands already, <laughs> huh? You haven't even started yet. A cat took her mouth, that taunting orifice with lips that tempted, the tongue that teased, and the flavor he craved. He caught her head in his hands and embraced her while Chob kissed his way down her spine. 
Suspended, she thrashed, her knees sagging and putting weight on her arms, a situation he rectified by sliding a thick thigh between her legs, rubbing his muscled flesh against the moistness of her sex, holding, (laughs) holding her up. A cry left her, and her hips began to dance, tilting and grinding no, against his leg. No, if he no, wasn't careful, no, she'd find her no. own way to bliss. He pulled away his leg and caught her by the waist instead. Please make it stop. Uh, okay. Uh, so impatient, he murmured against her lips. Horny, she corrected. So do your husbandly duty. Ugh. He chuckled, demanding. But damn her if he didn't enjoy it. I've been hiding my head in my hands for like two-thirds of this yeah here's where it kicks up one notch and oh we've, we've no got, we've got a couple notches to go oh no he uh, bl- uh into her sex he plunged two fingers the muscles of her channel clinging to them begging for something thicker <laughs> no. he couldn't wait to sink his cock into her oh yeah get the kids out he withdrew his fingers and raised them to his mouth to lick them catching her heavy-lidded gaze as he did he savored, she's about to cry. He savored the taste, wanted more. Ew. He couldn't resist. Dropping to I his knees. I don't want this. Okay, I don't we'll, want we'll, it. Skip, we'll skip part of it. It just keeps going forever. <laughs> okay. Uh, she begs for it. They tease her a little bit more. She finally goes, I'll be your jungle bride. Okay. You just stop teasing me, please. Close enough to the answer they looked for. Lifting her by the thighs, Chubb's hands alongside his, they angled her. So a cat is in front, Chubb's in back. Uh-huh. My bride, my mate, a cat, a cat growled as he slid in first, a mighty thrust in then out. Chubb at her back tilted her forward and took a tenor, turn in her warm haven. Pulled out a cat's turn again. He angled back in, out. They alternated back and forth, a seesaw of her sex that left her incoherent, but for harsh breaths uh okay my skeleton is no longer in our zip code their thrusts grew quicker their senses touching in such a way that they didn't get in each other's way two ways in one sentence they felt each other on a level that transcended anything so paltry as sight and sound complimented each other and completed her chobe and a cat claimed her thrusting and pumping in sequence faster and faster her body pinned between them, her cry is soundless now as she just managed to gasp for air. Her climax, when it came, went beyond glorious. With a scream that was also a roar, she came apart in waves of bliss, a pleasure that milked them as they continued to thrust into her. Here's where we kick it up another oh, notch. Oh no, there's more? And there's not much, but it's a, it's a lot. It's pretty dense. Until, with a mighty yell, a cat remained within, and Chaub joined him, flesh sliding against flesh, the two of them pulsing within her channel, fitting impossibly yet perfectly, their orgasm rocketing her into a second tsunami of bliss that left her limp. I'm going to need you to hold that pose right now, because I'm taking a picture of it to put on this thing. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, so that's one of the sex scenes I had to read. I have no bones anymore. They all melted out of awkwardness. So they, now she's like a bit more, but she doesn't live in, the, she doesn't like living in the jungle or anything. She still is like a modern lady and wants an apartment and a shower and a real toilet every so often and wants kind of to intellectually be challenged. She doesn't want to be a homemaker or whatnot. 
Uh, they finally take her into the village, and it turns out this entire time that the business they'd been vaguely referring to is the fact that they own, like, in the hundreds of thousands of acres of rainforest that they choose when to sh sell or keep on. So they're very rich, and they have, like, a penthouse apartment in the city with the softest bed in the world and a great big shower in which they do it. So now that she has been given, like, a chance to live in the city as well as uh, live with these two men that she does it with a lot... Uh, she is very thankful that they saw past her independent ways and words and finally have uh, learned to uh, deal with her as a somewhat modern woman. Uh, after that scene that we read, uh, she references no. the fact that they take the sister back no, no, and no, on their way no, back, no, they, no, they no, stick... No. I'm not quoting the book. Well, yes, I am, but I mean, I'm not reading directly. They stuck to vanilla three-way sex instead. Um, As opposed to what? The, what we just read. Uh. Yeah. Um. So one thing I kind of ruined apart. Uh, they are, she's fighting for the right to go into the city, and they think it's the right idea, but they're bucking against traditions of the village. That a cat's dad, his name's a cat. Don't forget about that if you need a smile. A cat's dad is the chief of the tribe, or what have you. And so he's like, no, no, I won't allow this. And then it turns out that. Uh, they've been taking their, because he and his partner have a shared wife, they've been taking their partner back into town one, twice a year to see her family, which is verboten or whatever. Uh -huh. And so then they're like, well, it's not really a tradition if you break it. And a cat's one of his dads, because they're not really sure which one, but they're like the less alpha one, Yeah, goes, hey man, you know what they say, happy wife, happy life. And the dad goes, don't quote your stupid t-shirt to me. <laughs> Which is the thing I legitimately laughed. Sorry, that's funny. I laughed so hard. Anyway, we're going to read one more section. No, I can't. Well, I don't you, have any more bones. You did it to me. They're these guys, all gone. These guys have enough bones for you. They ran away. Um, My skeleton is gone. I dreamt of you in the shower, he murmured in her ear. Uh, How did you take me, she asked, <laughs> rotating her buttocks slowly, loving the feel of him, hard and long, nestled be just below the folds of her sex, rubbing slowly against her uh, lips. I sit, I sit here. A cat parked himself on a bench, built in the shower, legs splayed slightly. He tugged her, keeping her facing away. She caught Chow's gaze, his golden, smoldering gaze, and the lips she wanted to kiss quirked in a smile. Uh, all right, we're going to go for it. Down she sank, the tip of a cat's cock piercing at her. <laughs> she gasped and trembled. Further down she pushed taking one man's dick into her while she locked eyes with another. Uh, let's skip. Yeah, let's please. All the way to the end. Mm. The last words are the end. Bye. Dropping to his knees, Chubb ended up lower than her. He placed his hands over hers on her thighs, gave her a wicked grin, and dipped his head. Good freaking God. Is that it? So, Is no, it over? No, uh... I'm not going to read it because I am also grossed out and you are too, listener. But suffice it to say, one goes down on her while the other is doing her, which is a little bit like... That's too much. It's like a lot of close dick-to-mouth interaction. And then there's some more sex that I didn't bother writing. Uh, the book ends with her pregnant with twins. So, good. I, okay. That's, I think I'm like psychologically damaged and I need to go like just curl up in the bed. Yeah, this is in her... In the dark for a while. So anyway, that's Jungle Freakin' Bride. Uh, 
<laughs> I mean, what more can I say about it at this point? Uh, I would just like to read the other books that are recommended by the Kindle store. Customers who also brought this book bought Silver, Date a Dragon, Book 2 by Terry Bull, Bull Rider. <laughs> Bull Rider. <laughs> uh, Kiss My Asteroid, Galaxa Warriors, parenthetical, Paranormal Dating Agency, Book 14 by Millie Taden. Paranormal Dating Agency, colon, Claiming Her Dragons, Kindle World Novella by Leah Davis, a different good author. Paranormal Dating Agency, Hot Wings by Ophelia Bell. Another different author. This possibly might be my favorite. Buying a Mate, parenthetical, BBW Paranormal Shapeshifter Romance and parenthetical, start parenthetical, M&M Mating Agency and uh, parenthetical by Celia Kyle and Mina Carter. I've, I had to read that three times to make sure it wasn't Selena Kyle, who was Catwoman. But do you know what BBW is? Buffalo Wild Wings. That's BWW. Um. BW, BBW is Big Beautiful Women. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a overweight fetish. So that's what you did to me. I put this squarely on your shoulders because you're the one who got me a smut book and I got mad at me for reading smut to you. I want this in an audiobook and have to force it to someone on a long trip to just listen to it and watch them the entire time. I think it'd be hilarious. Um, I'm Susan Dickinson. You can follow me on Twitter at Susan J. That's S with three U's. S-A-N-J. I'm dead now. Yeah, R.I.P. Susan. I'm just dead and done and bye forever. And if you discovered you're into a certain thing through this podcast, please don't tell us. I don't want to know, but that would be pretty funny. Like, oh, wait a minute. That all sounded nice. So you're welcome for the awakening. My name is Mick Dickinson. You can follow me on Twitter at Dickima, D-I-C-K-I-M-A-A. The dick in Dickima is not smutty. It's my last name. But our- The music for this (laughs) podcast was Babe of the Night by the Bandy Lixer off of their album Rampant. And it makes me think of a more innocent time. Before I knew that this book existed. Before you made me read this book, you mean. You had to read one and a half sections of it. My soul is broken. Yeah, but your libido's not. Ugh. Blah. Ugh. Have a good night, Matt. Bye, Charles. Sexy dreams. Sexy dreams.